the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Thursday, and when it's Thursday and I'm back in the studio, which I haven't been in the last few weeks because we've been at CPAC, I've been up in Branson, and today I'm back home. I'm glad to be here. I was telling uh, my daughter today I was glad that I wasn't traveling to do my show. It, it, yeah. it, it gets tiring after yeah. a while. So here I am back in the studio. J.R. Davis is here from the uh, governor's office. Good to have him here. He's the spokesman for the governor. Next week, I had thought I am messed, messed up. And I was telling everybody it was today. It is not today. Uh, I just misunderstood. It is next Thursday that the yeah. governor will be here. Yes, for sure. He really? will be there. Be I didn't here know next that. Week. Next week. So I'm sorry for the confusion. But No, it's yeah. okay. It works. It works whenever the He's governor wants to, to come. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I look forward to him coming in and talking to us. Val, of course, is here. You heard her in the background. I didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, come on now. Be nice. <laughs> so she's here today so as well. So, Jr., I, I told you I had several things I wanted to talk yep. about. Uh, first of all, the House and the uh, the Senate approved the Medicaid expansion. Uh, you needed 27 votes in the Senate. You got them. Mm-hmm. I had Alan Clark on that day. He said he was the 27th vote. He, he explained was. that it was the work requirement uh, that uh, tipped him over to voting for. But he did say that he and several others coming up in 2019 in the general session want to get in and tighten up the work requirement and what is who gets to get in and who doesn't go in, so to speak. But do you think that that's uh, – did you all feel that that was going to happen as far as the vote from yesterday? Yeah, the vote, and then that the yeah. people who took the work requirement said, well, it's a step forward, but it need, we need more steps forward in tightening it up. Sure. Well, I, first of all, you know, I think what uh, uh, Senator Clark did on the House floor, along with, along with uh, Senator Terry Rice, was very thoughtful uh, speeches, and their votes were very thoughtful. And, and I think the governor spoke about it yesterday that just kind of speaks volumes about Arkansas and Little Rock versus Washington, D.C., and being able to uh, come together for a solution for right now. Uh, I think to your point about the 2019 session, uh, from 2015 on, we've seen these reforms, uh, gradual reforms. Obviously, under the Obama administration, we weren't able to get what we wanted. Under the Trump administration, um, we've received 75% of our waiver, three out of the four items. They're still looking at the uh, federal poverty level uh, income eligibility issue. Um, but that just speaks volumes to sort of our relationship with the federal government. Uh, and I think the Senate yesterday when they uh, – uh, uh, excuse me, two days ago when they made the vote that uh, those reforms, those steps, the process, they see we're going in the right direction. And I think the work requirement was a really big part of those decisions on well, it uh, was Tuesday. Pushed several people right? into, yep. into the yes column. You're correct. Mm-hmm. I mean I've, I've talked to those people and they've said that's the reason – they were able to cast a, a yes vote, but they, yeah. they did say that they want to tighten that up. Now, if that happens, does that mean you've got to go back to the Trump administration again and say, here's what we, we'd really like to do, 
can we do it? Sure. I think that, uh, and I'm no expert on this matter, but the the waiver process is if you're amending the waiver, I think you do have to go back to the federal government. But what I think you will see from now until 2019 is uh, really kind of seeing how this is working. Um, and I think that this is the whole point the governor talked about uh, in uh, earlier this week was the fact when CMS Administrator Seema Verma was here to answer some of those questions and to sign the waiver here in Little Rock. It's the first time an administrator from CMS has done that. Um, I was basically talking about how we want to connect people to work. It's not just about uh, the program integrity aspect. And if you're an able-bodied working age uh, with no dependents, you should be working, right? Mm -hmm. But also, we need to develop that workforce. We need to get people trained. We need to connect people with work. We're at 3.7% unemployment, which is great. Uh, it's a good problem to have, but we've got to ex- we've got to expand that workforce. Um, and so it really is two solutions to one problem, uh, or uh, yeah, uh, two solutions to one problem with with the work requirements and developing that workforce. So I think that's something we'll look at. Um, but right now we're very excited to have it. Uh, we'll be the f- we're the third state to receive it. We will be the first state to implement it. Um, so I think that speaks volumes about what we've been able to do and. And the processes we put in place so that when we receive it, we can uh, hit the ground running with it. Well, again, from what I've heard, the the gentleman who changed their votes and went with uh, saying yes this time because of the work waiver, they want to see people working more than they want to see people doing volunteer work and, Absolutely. and training. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll point this out about the volunteer aspect of it. Right now, the U.S. economy, the Arkansas economy is trucking along. Things are great. Uh, however, there are some parts of Arkansas, some rural areas, that there may not be the job creation that's happening in other parts of the state. So the volunteer aspect of it is to say at least you're out there and you're trying and you're doing something and you're giving back to your community. I, mean, I think that's a, a strong part of it, especially in an economic downturn. If there aren't those jobs, yeah, uh, you got to have some, some other – uh, way to to uh, give back and, and engage in a community. I, I use this example and story every once in a while. There was an individual who, uh, under the uh, the waiver we received from the Obama administration, there weren't a lot of teeth in the work referral. Mm-hmm. Um, but even through that process, this individual was linked to uh, a, I'm not sure what the organization was, started volunteering a couple hours a week, uh, got up to about 20 hours a week, and now works full-time right. uh, in an actual job and a position with that volunteer group. So it's it's just about giving people, uh, really providing them the opportunity to engage, pushing them towards that. And then uh, we believe that Arkansans want to work. There's dignity in work. And once they attach themselves to that, uh, the sky's the limit. So. Well, that was one of the first articles I ever wrote about. It was like, get these people that are on any kind of benefit that aren't working, that aren't mm-hmm. doing anything, get them out volunteering. There's hospitals. Yeah. There's places they can go to work with elderly people in the rural develop- in, in, in rural communities. If they're sitting at home, yeah. they're diminishing their motivation. The faith community That's churches. right. They're not yeah. doing anything to, to – and, and like you said – they, they right. can get a job if after they volunteer they can get hired on somewhere yeah and, and i will say to dave to your point like we we want people to work we believe people will begin working again we go back to the the you know work referral which didn't have any teeth we didn't like it but it was all we could get from the obama administration and from that alone we've connected four thousand people to work and that's with no teeth they weren't forced to do it they wanted to work right. they just needed to be connected so we think that with this additional uh you know push uh, and and with the new work requirements that these that folks are going to want to uh, get up and go to work and, and give back and, and have some sort of you know purpose when you get up every day in the morning. And I think a lot of that is just sort of that disconnect from not knowing where to go. You may have some of the education, you may have the skill set, 
but where do I go? Uh, and that's part of the process, and that's why workforce services is a big part of this. All right. So for the listeners, explain how you all will enforce this now. Yes. So there is a uh, portal that's uh, being developed or close to having been de- developed by DHS and through this vendor. Uh, there'll be a portal that uh, every uh, month you go on there and you submit uh, your uh, you know, whether it's a, a pay stub or I'm not sure how the volunteer aspect works, but there are teeth there. There are accountability measures in place that when people submit it, they look at it, they verify it, and then they can continue on if, if, they, um, uh, if they've if they reached those, those 80 hours a month uh, in working. Um, and, and I will say, too, that there is, you know, some people say that this is punitive and that in Arkansas, it absolutely has the most stringent work requirement in the country, especially now, what, with the let lockout. Let me stop you. Yeah. Let me tell you what's punitive. Punitive is being out and busting your butt and right. people taking your money and giving it to right. somebody who's yeah. not busting their butt. Or trying hey, to. Let, find uh, a let me, <laughs> yeah, I, not my argument. No, right. I no, I know. No, 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 no. You, but you I, can I, pass <laughs> that on for absolutely, me, all right? Absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. We have to push. You know, there's people that say it is punitive. It's absolutely not. Uh, we want to connect people to work, and we believe if you're able-bodied of working age with no dependence, you should be working uh, to get your health care. Yes. Um, at the same well, time, though, too. they should feel that way. For absolutely. everything. Absolutely. In the same time, though, uh, these these individuals, uh, they, if they don't reach, they have three months. If you and, and they don't have to be consecutive months, but if you don't, uh, if you don't meet that eighty hour requirement each month in those categories we mentioned, uh, after three months you are off the program until the next calendar year. Uh, and I think that's enough notice. Uh, you get noticed once, you get noticed a second time, you get noticed a third time. You're um, yeah, so exactly. That's the court I of remember three that strike sounds method, very but, well. Yeah, but we want to do everything we can. Uh, to connect people to work uh, and make sure they have those opportunities. But we are going to enforce this work requirement absolutely. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll see not only, uh, you know, people leaving the program because they're finding that work, mm-hmm. um, but there's actually true accountability measures the governor's pushed for since 2015. Okay, so take us behind the portal. I understand the portal. Yeah. How many people are going to be, I mean, we're talking a lot of people yeah. here. That are going to be filing on this. And you want to make sure that what they're saying is truthful. So there's going to be people that are actually looking at this material, calling numbers and things of that nature. There's a verification process in place. I don't know the intricacies of it, but I do know that DHS has been working on this for a while. They know exactly what you know uh, they're going to do and how they're going to. Sorry, your your theme song over sorry there. Sorry about Governor. that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that was the low um, speed. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> but they're working on it, and there's issues too where some people have raised that if, if there's an individual in rural Arkansas that doesn't have internet access, there's there's people there they can call, they can walk them through the process. There are multiple uh, avenues in order to get that information in, but there is a verification system and they do have to meet those requirements who do i call at dhs to get them on for them to talk about it uh i can get amy webb from dhs yeah, and she'd get, be uh, happy to come in and talk about it but yeah. but again just so you know this has been a long process there's been back and forth from us and the federal government to get to this point but all i can tell you is that there are true teeth to this there's real verification process and people are going to make sure that you are doing what you're supposed to do in order to get those benefits and to your question there's about uh, there will be uh, ultimately about 60,000 individuals that will not meet those exemptions that will have to follow uh, these guidelines, the new work requirements. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're, you're going to start seeing uh, the rubber meet the road the 1st of June. All right. We've got to get a break here in just a second. But before we do, let, mm-hmm. let's start on the next part of this. The last waiver is from 138% of poverty level to 100%. Correct. What's the, do you guys, are you ever 
in part of the discussion about what's taking so long for them to in the in the federal government to make that move well i think there's a number of different things one is they just got a new hhs, HHS secretary yes. uh the governor's had conversations with them he's made his pitch hard pitch saying this is this is the right thing to do uh from his perspective you know we want to lower the income uh, uh threshold from 138 to 100 percent. that helps the state concentrate at lim- its limited resources on those who need it most obviously there is a cost savings there those individuals would still be able to go on the individual exchange uh, and, and get subsidies for their health care. Uh, but we believe this is the right step, the right conservative step. I think Washington agrees with us, but they're trying to see what the ramifications might be uh, on other states or you know what, what this would do, because we're the only state that's, that's requested this. So it's a very big reform, uh, and they want to be able to kind of move through those work requirements. And like I said, Kentucky, Indiana, Arkansas is number three. There's about eight other states, I think, that have requested work requirements. So we want to get that stuff taken care of, come back to our uh, – uh, all the while looking at it, but really come back and focus on that so we can move forward with it. We believe that's the right uh, direction for the program, uh, and and I think that's exactly what people want. I think yeah. it, I think it's the right direction for all of our uh, programs, such as food stamps, all those things. Because you're just, I mean, unless you're already working, yeah. if you're just sitting at home, you're taking our money, you're taking taxpayers' dollars for for I I have to go to work to get paid. Yeah, I have to do something. Well, absolutely, and that's why I truly do believe that. People and you, you'll see it. I mean, people that have either the education or the skill set that can do it, and they just don't know where to go. They right, don't know how and to that's get a big problem. To, yeah, and so I think when we saw it with just the loose work referral that we had, there is a want, there is mm-hmm. a desire from that population that want to get out there and work. And I think by having a requirement uh, that this forces even those that weren't really, you know, right. uh, uh, ready to do that with that work referral. Now they must do it. And I think you're going to connect more people to work. You saw it on SNAP benefits. We're at a nine-year low. The work requirement's very similar to that of SNAP. Uh, so I think you're going to see more people move up and out. Uh, those who are underemployed get full-time employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good thing for the state. All right. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. When we come back, J.R. Davis, our guest uh, for the hour, I want to talk to him about hardening schools because I've already heard There's some legislation that is being crafted for 2019. I'll bring it up to you. We can talk about that. And, you know, I'd like to get what the governor's feel is as he goes into that, what he's looking at. All right, we'll do all that when we come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Our guest, J.R. Davis, here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show, about 25 minutes after the hour. Good to have him here. I haven't had him on in, I think, three weeks now. I think Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a a month almost. So uh, we got a lot still to talk about. Val Emmons is here in the studio as well. Want to talk about hardening schools? I'm hearing that uh, Charlie Collins wants to strengthen his uh, gun legislation that went through in uh, 2017. They want to give uh, teachers the right to, to carry, uh, making it a whole lot easier. I mean, there's stu- there's schools that do it already. Right. Yeah. You've got Clarksville, Clarksville. that's doing mm-hmm. it. Who is it that's outside of uh, Hot Springs that does it? There's, Man, I know what you're talking about. There's a, a school system over there. They've yep. been doing it for like 12 years. Yeah. They've been and doing nothing. It for a long and you time. don't hear anything yeah. happening. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. And they've got, you know, they've got vests and everything over there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. But all the people that are doing there, I think, are superintendents and things. I think this opens it up that we would be able to see, you know, teachers. Of course, when I talk to Ed Monk, he talks about having at least two teachers in each quadrant of your school right uh, that would have the ability to do this 
things of that nature. How's the governor coming down with this? I mean, there's going to be a lot sure. of stuff come up in 2019. Yeah, I know Senator Garner's talked about some legislation. Uh, I think that that's a good thing uh, that we're really focusing on the the safety aspect of it, and that's what the governor. Um, really wanted to emphasize, he went on Face the Nation a few weeks back to talk about school security and what he'd like to see in Arkansas, what's already being done in Arkansas. He spoke to the president about it. Um, and then last week we formed the School Safety Commission, which I think will go a long ways in just really figuring out you know, how our rural schools are doing it versus some of our urban, more populated areas, how they're doing it, and then how can we adjust uh, how can we help maybe fund some of these rural school districts to be able to protect their students the governor's uh, focus is really on sort of the facilities too uh, that how we create you know really that when we design a school how are we creating right. it to make it secure for students so uh, you know uh, single point entry uh, is a big part of it but then of course when you start talking about uh, armed school resource officers or Again, it shouldn't be mandated on a teacher. No. If you have a kindergarten oh, no. teacher. No, we're not asking that. No, 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 no absolutely. Yeah. But I think there's been some talk nationally. And I well, think that's, that the, when, that's the left right, throwing that narrative out. Right, exactly. That's not even what we're suggesting. For our perspective and the governor's perspective is if you're a janitor, if you are a uh, assistant coach, if you're a teacher and you want to do this, mm-hmm. you want to volunteer to do this, uh, then that's something that should be the prerogative of the school district. And, and they should be able to provide that training to those individuals. And and because uh, again, a lot of these uh, assistant school uh, assistant coaches or teachers or janitors that have like you know maybe a former combat veteran who right. has sort of that uh, already uh, trained uh, already the education the training to be able to do something like that. But the point is, you know, even if you have a school resource officer, which we all agree having a a, a functioning you know police officer law enforcement presence at a school is is better than anything else. Sure. But if you can't have that, and in the case of some of the rural school districts, you have to have some sort of presence there. Well, there was and a- multiple presences because if you have even right. rural school districts can be pretty large campuses. Right. Yep. And if you're on the other end mm-hmm. and something happens, it's going to take you a few minutes to get to the other end. And that's, the, 60 seconds. Yeah. So and that's support, the thing about yeah. the, the teachers having them because they're going to be like in quadrants, you know, yeah. where this action might be taking place. The, the SRO has to find yep. out what's going on, where it's at, and if they even go in, as we see in Parkland. Right. Because that one didn't even go in and take care of business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important. I mean, you got the governor really talks about the layered security. Of course, you guys know that he led the National School Shield effort. Well, I was going to ask you about that, too, because has his opinion changed on that? Because when I interviewed him about that as he was running for governor... He told me that he wasn't talking about arming teachers in the schools. So I, that's why well, the governor's question. always the governor's always said that uh, uh, teachers should teach and those who protect should protect sort of thing. And what he means by that is there shouldn't be, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of people I went to school with that were in the teaching profession going into first grade, second grade, you know, whatever that that they have no desire to. Uh, to have a gun in their classroom or whatever, and that's fine, and that should be their their choice. However. Uh, if there are teachers or, again, staff members of those school districts that want to be armed and want to have that training, uh, they should be able to do it. I think the governor's maintained that. And, and you saw in Clarksville that was part of the School Shield mm-hmm. Initiative where they implemented. Um, so we're really going to take a hard look at it and see what we can do better. All right. Todd Starnes is up. Let's hear what he has to say. Now, let me clarify something that said the only station you need at work, not the only station you need for for work <laughs> when you got to fill out that portal don't put down us all there right don't. i listened to dave ellswick for 20 hours this week <laughs> yeah. 
I'm saying, right? don't be doing that. All right, it won't get you anywhere. Don't get paid for that. All right, hey, claiming your Social Security benefits is tough. David Lucas wants you to know he's got uh, these educational Social Security workshops that he does. His next one is the 29th and 30th of this month, and uh, you can cut through all the complicated jargon and confusing way that they do things that can help you, uh, you know, keep your money instead of sometimes losing tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime that you take uh, Social Security. With that, you can end up with increased taxes and higher Medicare premiums. So to sign up for the next two, uh, it's the 29th and the 30th, uh, just call 501-653-6690. You'll pay $18.00. It includes a 34-page maximizing Social Security workbook, and you won't go into this blind. If you go into a blind, don't be surprised if uh, the government ends up keeping more of your money than you ever thought that they would. 501-653-6690, the number, or go to uh, his uh, website. That's davidlucasfinancial.com. Our guest is, uh, of course, J.R. Davis. He's from the governor's office. He's going to uh, be here for the rest of this half hour. If people have call uh, questions, can you call in? Absolutely. All right. Phone lines open, 823-0965, 823-0965, unless you're listening to me to after 5 o'clock, because we replay this segment for people in drive time. Uh, if you're hearing me talk about that and it's like about 540, don't call. We're not here, <laughs> just so you know. Dave's not here. <laughs> We're not here. Yeah. I need to get that. We need that on a I say a it every time. Okay, look. Yeah. I want you. To, I want to tell you something real quick that I did on Saturday, too. Yeah. On my show, I was like, welcome back to the David Elson show. Uh, yep. <laughs> and Zach was just like rolling back here. He was just like laughing. We're getting plugs even on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I was like, wait a minute. This is my show. <laughs> we got Zach cleared on, on uh, our television, right? For I her? hope so. Okay, we shown, told him how... To put it on your website, okay. on your, your Facebook page. Okay. So you, people should be able to watch you on your Facebook page this week. Cool. So I don't have to share yours? Nope. I was just trying to give you some. That's you know. If you want to, please do so. <laughs> all right, right. Please do so. All right. So let's get back to what we've been talking about. We've covered uh, hardening school structures. That means do you let teachers who want to carry, carry in the school? And if, if so, how do you go about uh, choosing the people that you're going to let do that uh, as far as, um, you know, what you do for the school protocols in, in the various schools? For instance, at Parkland, I kept asking the the 800-pound elephant question that nobody was answering, and that was, how did this kid get into the school with an AR-15? Exactly. All right. I found out. it was. I happened to be reading an article, and it just happened to just aside mentioned right of course he went to the school at one time so he knew mm-hmm. how things worked they had they funneled the kids in in one place from the moment like eight minutes after or 10 minutes after top of the hour right only one area could you come out come into the school at so that's that's good you bought a bottleneck people and, and they did that however they had three thousand students mm-hmm. so when Everybody's going home for 10 minutes. They unlocked all the all doors. The doors. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. It and that's how the kid got in. Yep. He knew that. Timed it perfectly. And Came walked in. right in, set off the fire alarm, and 
Now they're all coming out of their their uh, you know rooms, and he's got a killing field. That's yeah. how it happened. Hmm. I, I just could not figure out how a kid could walk into a school a, un, yeah. unnoticed with uh, in Florida. You know, it's not like you can wear a, a trench a coat. It's Florida. Yeah, and I don't care where you're at. You know, most people do not hunt with with uh, 15s. They just no. don't. And, Especially not on school know, property. And, and yeah, and, yeah, and he's on school property. He comes up in an Uber, yep. and he had come in earlier that day. That's something else they didn't talk about. He had stashed the extra magazines that mm. he wanted, but he his gun jammed when he was shooting, and because it jammed, he figured he was running out of time. He dropped the gun on top of the extra magazines, took off his uh, bulletproof vest, and got phone? in line with the rest of the kids and left. Yep. You know, blend it in. And I do think, I mean, you know, we talk about so much, but this really is uh, something that all of the states can learn from when you're talking about security. And when you and talk, you got to know everything that happened. Exactly. From the point of, I think he pulled up in an Uber around yeah. the time he knew the gates would be open. Yeah. He walked up there, obviously the issue with the school resource officer, but from start to finish, it was about six minutes. And that's again, where you talk about that response time is so critical, the layered security. So I think this is a tragic, tragic incident, but it is something that we can learn from. And that's what we're trying to do here in Arkansas. The shooting took three minutes. 17 yeah. kids are dead. I forget how many were wounded. But remember what, you know, what Ed Monk has always told One us. Every 10 seconds. Every 10 seconds, somebody's getting shot or or is dying. Hmm. You don't have a lot of time. That's why, you know, this That's whole thing I, about yeah. the teachers just makes sense to me. Yeah. Look, a teacher might say, yeah, I'll do this. And then they go and to get their concealed or license. Or they already or have it. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying, maybe... They go, Ed Monk holds a class, right? Mm-hmm. They go to the class, and he starts talking, and he talks very straight about what it's going to be like with an active shooter. And maybe suddenly you go, well, maybe I don't want to do this. Exactly. Maybe I don't have what it takes. And at that point, you still got other people that you can shoot yeah. from. You but know, that's, you like when they do the, that. that's like when they when you're on the airplane and they say, "Are you sure you can handle this exit row? Yeah. Are you sure right. you can handle that? Right. If yeah. not, we can move you." And that's how it should and be. You know it should not that, be mandatory. My producer Russ found out that you must say yes. You cannot you just shake your head at right. him. Right? No, you have to verbally say yes. You have to verbally. I like that's when Russ raises some trouble there. He's shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. That's what. He, yeah. And she just kept looking at him, and he said, "You want me to say yes?" And she said yes. And yeah. he said yes. You have to verbally. No, because, but here's the, the thing. I like card. sitting in the exit row because yeah. I know, I know that I would be able to, to under the pressure, handle helping people and opening that door and doing what I need to do. I don't trust that anybody else sitting there that doesn't listen to what she's saying half the time know yeah. that to get, you know, that door open and what needs to happen. Well, so the you. same thing in a school would apply. I know. So I don't know if I would not want to do it. Well, even if you're in the military, when the first time comes down that you have shoot at somebody, oh yeah, no, it yeah. is not no easy. I just want everybody to know that oh, yeah. it's not easy to I don't shoot at to another shoot human being. I would never want to shoot at you know? anybody. But when push comes to shove, if they come in my and home, they're shooting yeah. back at you and things, right. then I can shoot. But I'd rather I shot pretty straight. Too. I'd rather fist fight. Than to pull the weapon out and have to use that and to go into the, all this big drama that comes along with that after yeah. you kill, after you shoot or kill someone. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. you got court fees and all that stuff and fines. And- you do. A lot. Okay, so tell us, out of the paper today, I don't know if you saw this. 
Mm-hmm. Article now is off the Arkansas section. Judge stays part of EPA plan on coal plant emissions. So I'm sure the Arkansas Attorney, Gen- uh, Attorney General here is involved in this. She said Wednesday that the judge's order would have cost Arkansas greatly. So evidently, this is a good thing that has happened. Something about, is it smog or fog or whatever they call it? Connected to the regional haze issue. There you go. Yeah. Regional haze. Uh, I love that. (laughs) I'm just going to be quiet. Sounds like like an 80s rock band. (laughs) It does. It does. It really, really, really does. like a 60s rock band, I think, with (laughs) regional haze. So does this help help over around the Memphis area where typically this builds up at and has kept us from getting a car plant for I don't know how many years? Yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I know that with uh, the Department of Environmental Quality, uh, Becky Keo over there, her department, they've really uh, led the effort uh, in making sure that they had a plan uh, for you know EPA, their Region Six down in Texas, that they're able to say this is what we're going to do, this is what we we uh, uh, prefer and what we're providing, and I think just being able to kind of dot those I's, cross those T's, have really gotten us to to this point in the situation, but. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely not a regional haze expert by <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think any of But I love the name. No. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the EPA is either. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just to be honest. But uh, if it if doing this can get us over the hump, and because we've got all the transportation anybody would want over that area. We've got, yeah. you got the railroads. you got multiple the, the river. Uh, yeah. river you got multiple highways, superhighways. Uh, that's the only thing that's been holding us up. So maybe this will allow us to get a car plant. I hope so. That's what we're always working towards is bringing in uh, uh, new companies and new industry to Arkansas. And that would obviously, it's sort of been the elusive whale in Arkansas for quite some time. I know under the previous administration, the one before that, just trying to get a car manufacturing plant here, not just for the direct jobs, the indirect jobs in that case are incredible. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we're uh, crossing our fingers and hoping that we can, uh, you know, move forward I mean, in that direction. I don't understand. So, we're not a union state. Like we don't have to deal with that. Hayes, it's always been the EPA. It's always been the EPA. Yeah, but look this. at what Yamato Steel and all them put out. Don't they put out a nope, lot of emissions? Not like that. Hmm. So we'll see what happens. But, but yeah, but that's what it's always been about. That the EPA has always put the dagger in our chest. What was it? The last time it was between us and Mississippi, was it? Uh, you talking about the Toyota yeah. plant? Yeah, I think it was. It ended up being between Alabama, Mississippi, and Arkansas, and I think they ended up expanding where they'd already expanded yeah. before. But I think that Arkansas, you know, we're we're inching towards. I mean, we're we're getting right there, and I think whether it's Toyota or another manufacturing plant, I think we're in good position. Um, and so hopefully, again, uh, you know, I know the uh, Economic Development Commission is continuing to have those conversations, uh, and so hopefully, sooner rather than later, we'll be able to. Uh, draw on a car manufacturer to Arkansas, and you talk about a game changer. Huh, yeah. yeah, well, it, that's so. a regional magnet yeah. at mm-hmm. that yeah. point. Yep. So that 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 means Arkansas wins, Tennessee would win, Mississippi would win. That that yeah, that would be a trifecta right there. It would be fantastic. Would they put it in the Delta? I mean, they might. Yeah, that, if you're talking about uh, closer to I-40 Blabble there, going to Memphis, yeah, yeah, going towards the eastern Delta, side of the yeah. state. Um, I think that. Uh, there's a lot of good areas there uh, that I think that would uh, benefit any sort of car manufacturer that wants to to bring a plant there. Um, but again, like you said, bringing people from you know 
really talk about that immigration, especially on the other side of the border. I mean, that's, you know, bringing people into Arkansas, finding jobs. It's where we bring the workforce in again. Uh, I don't know if in January of 2015, our unemployment rate was 5.6%. We are at 3.7% now. And that is an incredible feat as far as two percentage drops within three years. However, there is a problem that comes with that, you know, greatness, and that is that we just have to be able to continue to build that workforce so that when industry comes in, you know, they have the workers for it. But, you know, they used Here's to think, what's going to happen. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened, JR. People who got more training at mm-hmm. their newest jobs will then move to the car manufacturing where they make more money. So now you got people yep. who are below them yep. who will take over their jobs and mm-hmm. make more money. And now you got to get the guy at the bottom of the ladder again. Yeah. And then so you're getting not, that skilled workforce going. And, and then you get the them things. off of Arkansas work. Or hey, you get thing, people to move here that actually yeah, have the if skill. You really sort of perspective. I mean, if you look at uh, really what we're doing around the state, there's the uh, ACT Work Ready uh, initiatives that are going on. I think we launched the first one in Mississippi County where you've got these uh, these technical uh, vocational schools mm-hmm. as part of the high schools, but like it's not Metro. just yeah, it's not just for high schools. It's for non-traditional folks who are looking to get trained. We're trying to connect that all across the state, and they're starting to be added. We're starting to see some of the fruits of that labor. But you know, last year from 2015 until now, uh, the state has reached a three million population for the first time in its history. There were fewer there are fewer people today on Medicaid than there were in January of 2015. We are at the highest employment rate in our history. We reached 3.4%, which was the lowest on record for unemployment in July, and we're at 37 which would have been a record had we not reached 3.4. Uh, and, and we've got <laughs> – Darn I it. know, right? Yeah, we, we just uh, – we messed ourselves up on that one. Um, and then you've – we've you know, more than 60,000 jobs in the private sector have been created over the last three years. So Arkansas is churning. We're going the right direction. It's exciting, um, and, and we're going to continue to uh, kind of – uh, till the soil there so we can bring companies into Arkansas. They're starting to notice us, especially mm-hmm. those overseas that say, you know, we want to come to North America. Where should we go? Haven't really maybe heard of Arkansas, but because of some of those trade missions, those conversations and relationships we've established, people want to come uh, to Arkansas. And then you've got people in North America in in, uh, in the United States, like Sig Sauer in New Hampshire, who said, yeah, we're done with the Northeast part. We're yeah. going to come to Arkansas. I mean, there's you, just too much now you're supportive. They made a hundred jobs over in Jacksonville, so it's it's we are going in the right direction. It's exciting, but we're just going to continue to push uh, the envelope on that and see what we can get for Arkansas. I love when people say Arkansas. Y'all actually have you know teeth and stuff like that. You know, you know, it's like yeah. really we are more innovated here than or in a, than I've seen a lot yeah. of states. With all the work they've been doing on my mouth, I kind of. No. <laughs> I fit the stereotype <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? They're like, you're all hicks. I'm like, uh, no, we're well, not. I do, have, I do have shoes on. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I do too. Let's get a break here. Val is here. JR is here from the governor's office. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stay tuned. we got one more segment. want to talk about 529s and also want to touch a little bit on immigration after what the attorney general session said yesterday to California. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. As many of you know, school choice has been on the front burner now for a few years here in Arkansas, and it has been an uphill struggle. Even with Republicans, it's been an uphill struggle because they're dealing with the teachers' unions and and uh, you know the superintendents and all the rest of them. Uh, State uh, Senator Rapert came up with uh, a, a piece of uh, budgetary maneuvering that would allow you to have your 529. Now, that's the, the way you saved money for your kid's college. 
and he wanted to open that up if you wanted to use it for your child to go to a private school yeah, and high school or whatever and uh, i there's nothing against it because the federal law allows you to use it that way uh, but uh, we came within one vote of passing that and you said that they pulled it down and they're going to hold it to the special session now well my understanding is i, I and again this was before i came on my understanding was that they were uh, pulling that out that part of it of the appropriation going okay. ahead and voting through the appropriation uh, so they can uh, end the fiscal session on Friday. And then, of course, we are opening up a uh, special session next week uh, for a few issues. The one the governor's talked about, really, the issues of PBMs and pharmacies, um, and then a highway funding fix. But there was a letter sent from leadership to the governor that basically said, you got to get two-thirds uh, signatures to make sure there's a consensus on legislation, because those are three days, and taxpayers deserve that much, what that you're in and out. I don't know, but I know obviously with, with per diem and everything else, it costs money. Yep. So we want to get a in and get sometimes. out. And the governor wants to make sure that if he's going to call a special session, there's consensus on that legislation. I, yeah. And I also want to yep. ask real quick, why again are we doing this for the pharmas isn't, and the pharmacies? Isn't this something that should be taken care of in a private setting? Because... Well, yeah, the governor's talked about that this is something uh, that, right, well, some market-based solutions, you know, uh, uh, business-to-business sort of uh, deal here. There, There is some uh, uh, consensus there that, you know, some oversight should be moved over to the insurance department just to make sure things are, are, are square. Um, and so that's that's where we are. The governor, again, has said exactly what you've said. I think Senator Dismang said that, hey, you got to be careful when government interferes. So there, there's been that healthy debate. I think there's reached some consensus that this is probably something that should be done uh, in this case. Um, but that's uh, I don't know the ins and outs of that legislation at this point. But what we'll do is after fiscal session, look at all the pieces of legislation that uh, have to reach really three uh, uh, three levels. One is making sure that it reaches the level of an emergency, number one. Uh, number two, that there is a draft piece of legislation for review before the special session starts. And then again, two-thirds signatures, just to make sure that, you know, it's a simple majority, but if mm-hmm. you have two or three, you, you're around up. 53, yeah. one doesn't show up, or one wants to leverage that for something else. Sure. So it really just prevents that from happening. And plus, you know that there's not going to be an issue. You get in, you get out. So we'll measure all of those pieces of legislation uh, and the governor will make that decision and issue the call sometime uh, right before the special session. When they go in the special session, is it still a two-thirds vote that they have to have? No, it's not. It's 51. Okay. Yeah, it's so a simple majority. That would um, say that the 529 would pass. Exactly. Well, that was the issue, too, is the, the governor's been supportive uh, of the concept uh, that Senator Rapert was talking about. He said there were some issues using special language in an appropriation uh, that he'd rather go through a special session. We obviously saw why that was an issue, because you have to get three-quarter vote versus mm-hmm. just One a simple majority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's that's sort of the issue there, but he does, uh, uh, he does uh, support the concept, and and I know that legislators are working on those uh, signatures right now, and, and we'll have the call uh, before the special session next week. All right. We will see you next week. And see you, you bring next week. You're bringing a special guest with you? That's right. Will he be open to taking some phone calls? I'm sure he'll be open to taking okay. some phone calls. That sounds very good. He likes phone calls. Okay, great. He likes you peppering him with questions, too. FYI, for well, sure. Well, I will do that. Okay, good. You know, I right, never, I sure. never, never. <laughs> get quiet nah. <laughs> i never quiet well, he's ready fighting. for it we'll be f- no it's your show so but I i'm always like <laughs> i'm always respectful that's that's true that's what's important that's true. i've i've talked to presidents that i couldn't stand but they didn't know that
Hey, you got it. It's hey, hard for me, but I'm learning a, from Dave. And, and he was know? a Republican, no, even. <laughs> hey, as we head into next week, you got to look at the record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It will. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll have JR next week and his special guest. That's right. He's bringing in his we'll special guest. <laughs> got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. My uh, thanks to JR Davis coming in today. A lot of things to talk about. Hope we got the answers uh, that. You, they may not be the answers that you're looking for, but you got the answers from the, the governor's office. The governor will be here next Thursday, two o'clock, and uh, he will take calls. So uh, just let you know, eight two three zero nine six five. He'll be on the uh, Facebook Live broadcast that we will do. You can watch him uh, on that. You can listen on the radio. We want to give you the opportunity to hear everything he has to say. I'm hearing that we may hear some new things uh, that uh, he's been working on. So uh, it will be, I'm thinking, worth your while to tune in and hear what the governor has to say. Uh, this half hour from the Washington Examiner, uh, Sajay Hazmi is going to be, uh, Shiraz, pardon me, Hazmi is going to be, That's. I know I repeated that, that's because uh, Russ was yelling in my ear and telling me you pronounced it wrong, Dave. Shiraz, let's get you up. We got you on. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. <laughs> Don't worry about the name. I got okay. I, anyway, I, it's, <laughs> I've been, I, I went crazy after the Parkland shooting and this, this, uh, meme started going out of how there had been all these shootings at school since 2018, 18, in fact, I think 18 for 18 or whatever is what they were saying. And I knew that was BS from the, from the very beginning when they started saying that. And I think, was it the Washington post that called BS on it, called it a Pinocchio? No, I actually, I was actually the first one that got, who got on it. And then the Washington post, uh, published their story. Okay. Explain to my listeners, because you must've felt the same way I did. It was like, what? Yeah. What? Was too. No, 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 no. That can't be right. And then you went and did the did the background on it. And bottom line, you're right. There hasn't been shootings like they're trying to uh, to, to promote. And now, former President Obama is out there repeating this BS. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So uh, Obama spoke on Monday at the at Constitution Hall, which is only a block and a half away from the White House. So it was. Um, he was at an interventional cardiology conference, and, you know, when you think of an interventional cardiology conference, I think he's going to talk about healthcare all the time. Right. However, it really it, it focused mostly on his presidency, and um, his biggest frustration was Congress not getting anything done following the Sandy Hook massacre in 2012. And if you, you know, he started talking about how what broke his heart uh, was the Parkland shooting, and, you know, that broke everybody's heart. I don't think anybody... There was anyone who was really not shook up by what took place there. But, you know, this has been a fact that was debunked within a day after the Parkland shooting. And then the, the original fact is that there are 18 school shootings in the first 45 days of 2018. So you think of the first, very first of January all the way till February 14th, February 15th. And that turned out to be not true because what they started doing, and this is every town for gun safety, the, the group that compiled this statistic and basically fed it to every mainstream media website, uh, ABC News, MSNBC, what have you. 
And what we found was that a lot of the shooting that took place on this list were not on the same level as Parkland in Florida or even Benton, Kentucky, which if you remember in January, that was the, the first time that they rolled out that particular law. They said there were 11 school shootings in the first 24 days of 2018. And I had to go and debunk that one too, but it was really the 18 school shootings that really got me hyped again because, you know, they're still peddling out this lie. And, you know, for Obama, who, you know, why are we talking about Obama when he hasn't been in office for over a year? Thank you very much. Because he's an egotistical maniac. That's why. Yeah, it matters that we're talking about Obama because many Democrats and liberals still look to him for guidance and how to move the Democratic Party forward. And if he's out there talking about gun control and gun violence and how to reduce it, it matters what facts he puts out there. If he's putting out lies, which he did on Monday, it matters in terms of the debate and how we're poisoning it. If we're going to have an open, honest debate, it's important to get the facts right. And, you know, people are very emotional about this particular issue. But it's so it makes it even more important to get your facts right. And so Obama, who has been uh, out of office for all this time, and, you know, he probably has read the Washington Post at the very least, which also debunked this this narrative uh, within the last two and a half, three weeks. If he didn't see that, what excuse does he really have in saying that? It's probably at this point uh, inexcusable. Well, I read this story. I um I was like, I was going through some of those shootings. I was like, that's not even a school. That's that's not even a school shooting that they're including in that in that number. It was something yeah, there was one, random. There was one school. There was one school that had been abandoned and shut down for the entire year, and a man uh, yeah. in the parking lot committed suicide yeah. with a gun. It was just crazy so stuff like they, that. They called that a school shooting. Well, and in the initial list of eleven school shootings in the first twenty-four days of twenty eighteen, they included a man firing a BB gun at a school bus. Right. And they called that a school shooting. <laughs> okay, well, you know, whatever the left can use, the left will use, whether it's true or whether it's false. They go to the Google School of Propaganda. You know, you, you tell yeah, you it, tell a lie big enough and long enough, and people believe it. Yeah, and people, and, and to a lot of the detractors and, and, and critics and people who are very pro-gun control who say that, you know, we're just splitting hairs and <laughs> we're focusing on the nitty-gritty and things that don't really matter. Here's why it matters, because, you know, if we're going to have an open, honest debate about what to do to reduce gun violence, then we have to be upfront about everything with respect to gun violence. You know, if we're calling... We're confusing AR-15 and calling it uh, an assault rifle 15 as opposed to an armor light rifle. Armor right? Yep. <laughs> you have to you have to know that difference. I mean, it may be. I mean, there was another article that went out early this week talking about gun planning and the real thing. And that, you know, people who are explaining terms about guns, the difference between a clip and a magazine, and someone who confuses that and says uh, a magazine, and when they should have said clip, and then they're basically getting called out for it. Now they're starting to call that gunsplaining slash bullying, which is crazy if you think about it. Because <laughs> you're when has them. ever when has ever speaking the truth and you know getting facts right? When is that considered bullying? When yeah. the, when it, the it left got involved with it. But here's the deal: I the best one, the best one was when one somebody called it a forty millimeter. I was cracking up. 
I was and cracking look, up. I was like, 40 I, millimeter? What is that, like a cannon? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Jesus. And like, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know everything about guns. No, right. And I don't like, I'll be the first one to tell you. And like, if you said a 40 millimeter uh, <laughs> gun, like, you probably would know the difference. I, on the other hand, would not. But I would say that as opposed to just going along with the conversation. It's 40 caliber, not yeah. millimeter. Well, here, here's, here's the first mistake. When you think that you can have an open and honest conversation with the left, <laughs> I'll add into it, it, no, does, it doesn't it, exist. It, it, it does not exist for these people. They'll shout as soon as you start talking, they're going to shout you down. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't I, know I think, anything I about think the there First are Amendment. Ways to approach it where you are not so much a, a you know to them you're not a demonizing or polarizing figure but you're coming at it from an angle where you're compassionate and you have a sense of empathy and you really are focused on trying to get a solution that involves less people dying. I think if you can come at it from that and you can understand that, you know, they may not have all the solutions and I may not have all the solutions, but if we can come together and have an honest conversation about these sort of things, you know, maybe we can actually get something done. And what we've seen is just far from it. Well, I think, you know, I've had I've had the idea that, you know, if you don't want your child go into school where teachers have guns, then how about you have a school where the teachers don't have guns and then one that does have guns. And, you know, in rural cities, obviously, you can't do that. But well, I mean, I think that I think a, a solution that more people can get on board with is not arming teachers with guns, but, you know, hardening these soft targets with law enforcement officers who are specially trained to defend schools in case there are school shooters, not like in Broward County, Florida, where they <laughs> fail to do their jobs, but yeah. like actually specially trained officers who are basically ready and on alert that anything could go down at any moment. And, you know, whether that cause, whether that's, you know, coming from taxpayers, I mean, we're already paying so much for uh, police officers to do their jobs and sometimes they're not, uh, either doing their jobs or they're looking for trouble in a way. I mean, there's some, and by that I mean they sometimes are not they're not out on patrol or they're what have you. They're doing something that maybe they shouldn't be doing in terms of uh, um, you know. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Basically, what I'm trying to get is that you know there are law enforcement officers who are there. There are more law enforcement officers than say for the particular town that they're in that there's not a whole lot of criminal activity going on is what I'm saying. I understand and, exactly what you're saying. And, and so, you know, sometimes they'll find ways to occupy their time. Um, but you could probably reallocate a lot of those officers to schools where, you know, there are potential threats. All right. Our guest is Siraj Hazmi. He'll be back with us after we take a quick break. Uh, go grab yourself another cup of coffee. We'll be right back with you, Siraj. So hang in okay. there. He's with the Washington, uh, examiner let me remind you about lewis family beef i hope that you've uh, at least called and talked to them about their beef because i've had their beef and their beef is delicious i mean uh, you have one of their roasts and i'll guarantee you you'll not go to the big box store and buy another roast anywhere else it is that freaking good it it's amazing uh my kids loved it and, and my family loved it. They all loved it. Uh, they don't have antibiotics in the meat because 
if they have to, uh, you know, inject their cattle with antibiotics, they take them out of, for better words of it, the food chain. They don't sell that cow to you. Uh, as far as hormones go, they know the cow produces hormones. He doesn't need a whole bunch more home hormones injected into him, and they don't do that either. So it's really clean beef for your family. Plus, you get free delivery anywhere here in central Arkansas. They'll sell you a quarter, a half, or a whole. Now, friends of mine who have done this, you may get, uh, let's see, the father and maybe he's got a son and a daughter. They all come together, and they each buy a third of a whole cow and everybody pays their part. The packing house wants to know how they're going to, they want things to be, uh, you know, cut up. They can get that done through the packing house. The packing house then calls Lewis family beef who will take it and deliver it to your home. Uh, these cattle are raised stress free. They're out on the range most of the time. So you need to call Cody or Sarah and talk to them. By the way, by having them stress-free, they're gonna, the, the meat stays more tender. Cody or Sarah can ha- help you. All you got to do is call them, 501-514-1494, 501-514-1494. Nothing better than to load your freezer up with some good Lewis family beef and have that great-tasting meat there for your, for your use. They're also on Facebook, facebook.com, Lewis family beef. All right, we're back. We got a few moments here left to talk. Let's uh, move back to Mr. Osmey and talk to him from the Washington Examiner uh, dealing with uh, the the beginning of this story because I, I want to really be impactful with you that the former president of the United States is out re- restating a complete falsehood and he should if he doesn't know that it's a falsehood he absolutely should know it's a falsehood i mean his bible even said it was a falsehood i mean i i would understand where perhaps obama didn't read the washington examiner but hey he had to be reading the post i would think i mean that that that's that's his kind of paper so bottom line what does this say about this president? Either he didn't know when he should have known or he knew and just kept perpetra- uh, perpetrating the lie over and over again. Right. And, you know, it should matter in the grander scheme of the political debate that we're having. It doesn't matter right now what truth or falsehood Obama is telling. Um, but the fact that he's doing it is what tr- it's troubling. I mean, he could talk about how he was a great president, and most people would be like, ah, actually, that's a lie. And that would that would be a completely different discussion than the one we're having right now. The one we're having right now is based on a highly contentious debate where people often get the facts wrong, sometimes intentionally and maliciously, and other times ignorantly. And uh, President, former President Obama, who is a smart man, uh, doesn't have an excuse to uh, peddle such an idea such a false narrative is just because, you know, there's no reason for him to um, say such a thing when for weeks it has been known that that is not the actual thing that it is. Yeah. Here's, here's the other thing. I'll tell you what I think is the biggest lie that he's been telling. And he looks if at that. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. No, no, that, that goes back <laughs> further than where I want to go. I, I want to go since he's left office. And uh, he looks at the uh, Trump administration and says, 
my administration didn't have all those problems. Nobody oh, was looking yeah, at yeah, my yeah. administration for anybody doing anything wrong. Ha! Right. Ha! Let's right. go. I, we can start off with a little, little let's learner in the IRS. We can do fa- we can do the Fast and Furious guns. Benghazi. Holding Benghazi and all the rest of them. Now, that is the biggest, fattest lie ever said. You know, it's just amazing. And the press never calls him on any of this. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean. Except for I, you, of course. Uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I've really done that. My due diligence in calling him out on this particular lie. I think, um, I, I mean, like the fact that he's a former president, he talked about that he didn't have any scandals. I mean, I think people know what the Obama administration did and what they did to expand their power and how they lied to the American people um, and the scandals that they were involved in. And people don't need to, people like me really to spell it out. I think people who really know what the Obama administration was up to. Um, and, and also the fact that they were shipping so, as many, I think what's also interesting about this is that, you know, considering the fact that Obama is very anti-gun, um, in the United States, I mean, he he and his administration exported so many guns to uh, Middle Eastern rebels, particularly in Syria. And, you know, we're looking at this as a, you know, he has some sort of moral repugnation to guns being used here in America when he's just shipping them overseas. So, yeah, there are definitely things about this about the previous administration that we can definitely call out on. I don't think it really does any good to continue to talk about it uh, because, you know, he's not a power. I'll never be a power again. But if the Democrats are going to continue to, you know, use particular lines that, you know, will try to elevate their platform and they try to regain power, um, we need to call them out when we hear them because, you know, people should not be misled in that way. Well, and that they they talk about the 90s assault weapons ban as though it did something. It did nothing. Zilch. Nothing at all. And, and and this is another part of the conversation that we're having is that when we're focusing on guns, um, you know, gun laws only do so much until you have the law enforcement to enforce current existing laws. If you don't, if you have a, a law enforcement office, office like the FBI or the Broward County Sheriff's Office in the lead up to the Parkland shooting, you know, even the strictest gun measures would not have stopped something like that. Yeah. Last, last question for you and, uh, sure. let you take off on this. Um, do you think that this is going to be a huge issue during the election, uh, that's coming up yeah. this year? And absolutely. if it, you think absolutely it will. And if that's the case, then all of these times that we have anybody uh, repeating these lies, which are becoming part of reality because people have repeated them, them so much on you know social media and whatnot, then we've got to call them out every time we see them. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, we really came to the top issues for each respective party in the month of February. For Democrats, it was on gun control because... Parkland shooting. And then for Republicans, it was really specifically on the tax bill because that was the first, February was the first month in which people were actually seeing um, actual results in which people were, you know, taking more home and uh, pay and paying less in taxes on their actual um, pay stubs. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident that those two particular issues will be the, the ones that 
Republicans and Democrats will go in, um, as opposed to, you know, Democrats just saying, Trump bad, vote for us, and they'll win on that. I don't think it will be as cut and dry for them. I think if they push forward on the on gun control measures, they'll probably lose a lot of the goodwill support that they think that they've attained over the last year. Well, you know what they said over this last primary in Texas, that that state was going to be hugely blue. Not so yeah. much. Not, Not so, so much. much. Hey, thanks so much. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, and we'll, we'll have you back on in the near future. Thank you. Washington Examiner here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got a half hour coming up that uh, Val and I will just pick up some things and we'll talk about them with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. If it's a big part or if it's a small part, if it's one that you need warranties on, if it's one you need unlimited mileage on, you can get it at Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. For information, to know if they got the part that you're looking for, call 982-7451, Trump signed the tariffs package. You'll find out more about it here in just a moment on Fox. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, I was looking to see some things that I like to talk about, but I'm going to tell you what, some of the things that I've been finding uh, on on. You know, well, yeah, when you're looking at Drudge and Fox and uh, Daily uh, Caller and things of that nature, just weird, weird, weird. Uh, Dems continue to block Donald Trump's openly gay nominee for ambassador to Germany. Uh, Kamala, California, represents the future. Sanctuary city, state. Yeah. Okay. Trump war on Oakland mayor over ice raid warnings. Uh, gubernatorial candidate breastfeeds in ad. What the, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. I, I don't know why you would need to do that. See, that's the thing. I don't care about the breastfeeding thing. Like that's fine. Cause it's nature. But I don't understand why do you got to do it in the middle of the grocery store or why do you need to do it at work? You know what I'm saying? They- here it is in a campaign. Well, here, look, here's the first answer. It happened in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Madison. Yeah. Wisconsin. University of Wisconsin. Country. Well, I mean, just like, if you're a mother. Absolutely the most liberal place. Right. In the the, the complete galaxy, probably. Well, if you're a mother, you know when your child's going to be hungry. <laughs> so why would you go to the grocery store at the same time your kid's about to eat? In a campaign video launched Tuesday, <laughs> Democrat candidate for governor Kelda Royce breastfeeds her daughter while discussing efforts to ban a toxic chemical used in baby bottles and sippy cups. She did this on purpose then. Yeah. In the middle of talking about the push to ban bisphenol A, when she was in the state assembly, her husband, Dan, hands her her daughter and Roy's discreetly breastfeeds her. That's what's wrong with politics today. Are we taking our orders from people 
or are we taking them from chemical corporations that don't care at all about what people need, she says in the video. We were still able, by working across the aisle, pass a ban, uh, a bill to ban BPA. Well, what does all this have to do with breastfeeding your child? In fact, it, it should irritate everybody because it was a planned political plant move. Stunt. Yeah. Because she wanted people to say, why are you breastfeeding your child on the floor? Yeah, just weird. Like most working parents around the state, I juggle a lot of things and responsibilities, and I wear a lot of hats. When we were shooting the video, my family was obviously there, and when the baby needs to eat, I just feed her. How about that stop the is, video? I can say that is malarkey. Yeah. That is pure BS. That's exactly what they would have done. They would have stopped filming, let her feed her child, and then go back to filming the spot. But that's she wants to get attacked. That's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she got it from me. All right. <laughs> By the way, if you hadn't heard uh, the the view apologize <sighs> to vice president pence today really and you know why don't you abc got thirty thousand phone calls hmm? about it from yesterday's show uh was it february 13th i think oh. it was wasn't it that that bayer said that if you hear god talking to you oh yeah, yeah you're yeah, mentally yeah, yeah. ill yes 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 and all of that i mean uh they've too little too late as far as i'm concerned who watch, i mean who watches that show but liberals anyway well, well that's basically all it was but you know it, it just i just wanted everybody I, in fact i used it as an object lesson in my uh, my life group uh sunday before last uh talking about the difference between uh folks who just believe that energy and matter are they be all the end all of, of the universe there is no god and it all begins with man and end, and uh, ends, uh, begins with man and ends with man, and why we're typically in the in the the dumps and in the toilet because of that. I use them as a perfect example. They show what they believe in, you know. And what got me is that when Joyce made the statement, "Well, you know, I'm 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 partially Christian," and I'm like, that's like saying that you're partially pregnant. You know, you're. <laughs> You're, you're, you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. You're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. It's that simple. You well, can't I mean, be like, I mean, kind of. I'm yeah. Cause me, I'm agnostic. Like I don't, I just don't know. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not going to argue something. I don't know. Just hang around with me long enough. You yeah. believe. <laughs> just telling you. I grew up in church. It's I'm, not like I'm that. But I, you. but I don't do what they do. Like I'm not going to persecute somebody because we live in America. We yeah. have the right to believe how we choose to believe. And I am not going to persecute someone for believing or not believing. That's their right. Leave me alone. I leave you alone. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're out really. I mean, they're like groveling now. They're on their knees in front of. Well, because look what happened to the foot to NFL. Yeah. 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 Of course. We'll see what happens. We're going to see what happens. And a lot more people are religious in this country than they, 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 than they put out. Yeah. That's true, too. 70-something percent, isn't it? It's, uh, well, you know, they, millennials, it's it's a lot lower. Right, right. But for most Americans, it's about 72%. Right. 
So, so I mean, you know, go ahead. <laughs> you know, go ahead. mock at your right. own risk. Exactly. Just leave it alone. Check this out. Re- Republicans say the results in this week's primary in Texas have raised serious doubts about the, quote, blue wave that the Democrats are counting for uh, in the no- November uh, <laughs> midterm elections. Democrat turnout was high, but so was GOP turnout. I said it was like off the charts. Given the party confidence that its troops have not been demoralized. Why, may I ask all of you out there, why would you be demoralized? The president has done a ton of stuff that he campaigned on. That he's everything. He's actually yes. did what he said that he would do. Yeah. And you're demoralized? Why? Because we didn't get rid of Obamacare. We got a tax cut. Well, Dave. We got a great Supreme Court judge. and. They got rid of a ton of uh, of uh, regulations. I mean, it's on and on and on. It's more fake news. Yeah, well, that's probably true as well. It's more fake news. We keep hearing about this unprecedented, uh, pre- unprecedented Democrat turnout in Texas, and the Republicans uh, Republicans showed up in droves yesterday. Said uh, their chair, Rona Romney McDaniel. The primaries, the first in the nation ahead of November's general election, set up a number of fascinating races. Senator Ted Cruz, a Republican, easily won his primary, capturing 1.3 million of the 1.5 million votes cast. That's double the number of votes won in the Democratic primary by Representative Beto O'Rourke, who will be his opponent. Mr. Cruz said the results puncture the narrative that a lot of Folks in the media want to tell uh, the general consensus is Mr. O'Rourke is fighting an uphill battle. You think <laughs> if he got half of the votes that that Cruz got, right? You think he might be fighting an uphill I mean, battle? Half, yeah, half, half. Not even two thirds. Yeah, three fourths. So, of course, uh, half. Cruz has said he isn't taking anything for granted. There is no doubt right now the extreme left is energized. They are angry. They hate the president. We are seeing that in the fundraising numbers for Democrats all across the country. We're seeing that in turnout. More than 1 million Democrats voted in the primary or doubled the turnout from the last two Democratic Senate primaries in 12 and 14. And it's the first time they've surpassed the 1 million mark since 02. What's happening in Texas is part of a national trend, said Tom Perez, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, all across the country. Democrats are competing and winning in deep red states. Charlie Cook at a Cook Political Report, a nonpartisan election tracker, said there was a lot of evidence of a Democratic wave heading into Tuesday's primary. And while it might not cost Mr. Cruz his seat overall, that still seems to be the case. Well, give me a break. They just said that the Republicans turned out in droves even over this huge, quote, tsunami from the Democrats. <laughs> Tsunami. You know what I'm saying? They're just they're just they're just mad. All right. Well let's talk to Rick. Rick's in North Little Rock. Rick, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick show. I'm doing fine, sir. How about yourself? I'm good. Hey, I I uh mentioned you on the view and uh, I was reading the article that Fox posted and they're stating that the stockholders were talking to Disney themselves and they had a major decline in the view and in ESPN. Uh, for all their anti-Trump rhetoric. Okay, so they're 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 threatening people with their jobs that they better shut up is what they're doing. 
either that or uh, cancellation of both. Yeah. It's all been the show. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I don't watch ESPN anymore. I used to watch ESPN to watch, uh, you know, their sports cast to see what was going on in sports. Now, I only watch a live sporting event on ESPN if I want to see it because I'm tired of their constant political agenda. Yeah, I don't watch sports at all since the national anthem. Right. The way ESPN has taken the view of uh, Trump's always wrong or Republican view is always wrong or conservative views are always wrong. You know, sometimes we have to draw the line. We have to stand up for what is right. Uh, and I agree with what you guys have been saying. Uh, I, I'm a pastor of a small church, and we are being run over left and right. And uh, our our rights are being trampled on where other people are being pushed in front of everybody else. I got you. I appreciate your call. You're right. Religious freedom is under attack. I've been talking about that uh, quite steadily over the uh, the last uh, couple of years. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Don't forget about my favorite plumbing company, Aero Plumbing. Why? Very simple. Earl, the owner, Earl Donaldson, does it right. You know, he hires the right people, the master plumbers. They do the work. They do it right. They know how to find the problem. They know how to fix the problem. Uh, they'll tell you what they have to do to fix the problem. They'll tell you a couple of different ways they can fix the problem. You know, you may not be able to pay a real high uh, price for uh, uh, a fix, but it would last like forever. Maybe you just need the, the fix that's good for a couple of years. You can do that, you know, and uh, they will tell you which one does which things. I typically go with the two-year program, just to be honest. So uh, you get them to do the work, and they take good care of you. Uh, they've got uh, the technology they need so that they don't have to dig through your, uh, you know, your, uh, your, the floor of your, of your house through the concrete, the, the slab. If you've got something happening underneath your house and there's a leak, they can burrow under your house, fix the problem, bring all the, the tools out, and uh, nobody even know they've been there. They can go under your wife's flower bed uh, if necessary. If you own a business, they can go under your parking lot instead of having to dig it up. They are the best as far as I'm concerned. I've had them out to my house several times. The first time it was for uh, a power uh, part that went into the uh, the house that kept the uh, power on your water if you took a shower or whatever one place wanted to me pay like three thousand dollars or more to dig up my front yard to get it fixed he was right up by the house the guy from arrow walked right up and just picked it up out of the, the area right next to the house and cost me about 125 bucks that's the kind of thing i'm talking about with arrow plumbing all you got to do go on online go to aeroplumbing.net or google arrow plumbing all right robert is going to join us where's he from pulaski county all right hey robert how are you hi dave you know these polls they should before nbc abc or any of the mainstream media or the newspapers new york times washington post before they put those percentage figures out, they should 
state exactly, word for word, the question that the people that are being told what the question was, because by the time it gets to the TV or the print, the question is totally different from what was asked. Well, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Does that no, surprise no, no. you? It's, yeah, it's, uh, that's why they should... What, they, what they've done is they put all their money on Hillary, and it was going to be a silent coup of the Constitution and of America to liberalism. Right. And they just can't... And really, you've got criminals like Hillary, Comey, Rice, Powers, Lynch, Avenue Mills up there, and there's so many more. There's so much corruption in the FBI, the Department of Justice. You know, it's 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 they couldn't grasp not winning because they they had to win to cover all this up. And Sessions, if Sessions does not go ahead and prosecute Hillary and those people I mentioned, he needs to step down. He I agree. He's the great Trojan horse. He's he's like Brutus was to Caesar. Sessions is to Trump. He's the great he's the great Senate Trojan horse uh, to Trump, and he can do all. The, I'm glad he's doing the immigration illegals. You know what he's doing, but that's just a smoke screen that he's not prosecuting these other people. I mean, here's a question I've got to ask all the American people. Will it take a second American revolution for justice to be brought and for us to be a law-abiding nation again? It's a good question. I've asked it for many, many years. I, I, mean, uh, I totally agree with what. Well, I agree with what you're saying there. When people call wrong right and right wrong, and when they refuse to refute evil and refute uh, to punish the evil doers then you got to wonder where we're at as a country. When you find out that the FBI, which is supposed to be the premier law enforcement agency of this country, and find out that they were working with Best Buy and the Geek Squad and were paying them money to go into people's homes and to take things off their computers that they could use uh, in criminal cases, that should make you pause. I'm just telling you, that should make you really pause. All right, we got uh, just a few moments left here. Uh, I wanted to read a little bit of an article to you quickly before we get to uh, Fox News. And this is a story about what's going on up in, uh, in California. The White House released a list of criminal illegal immigrants set free by the state of California in lieu of allowing ICE to detain them after uh, the the, uh, Thursday morning statement. The Trump administration filed suit, as you know, against the state of California. uh, And uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions said in his announcement, when a foreign national in the United States illegally is arrested on criminal charges, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement can issue a detainer, a request that local law enforcement uh, enforcement notify ICE before the illegal alien is released from custody. Uh, as a sanctuary state, California refuses to honor these detainers and instead releases these criminals back onto the streets, the White House explained in their uh, release. And amongst these people that have been released, it has been found 
many, many, many of them are criminals. On August 2nd, 2017, the Santa Rosa Police Department in California arrested a citizen of Guatemala on charges of inflicting corporal injury to a spouse or a cohabitant and booked him into the Sonoma County Jail in Santa Rosa, California. ICE lodged the detainer the same day, the next day at approximately 8.12 p.m. A Sonoma County Jail Sergeant called ICE, advised that the subject would be released shortly and didn't give ICE uh, time to get out there and, and, and get a, a lawbreaker. Take you to February 25th of this year. A citizen of Mexico was arrested near his residence in Stockton. He was a convicted of lewd and lascivious acts with a child under 14. Was sentenced to 180 days in jail. ICE wasn't contacted. They let him go. They always do. I'm just, I just, I just want people to know what California is doing and why the United States is finding it necessary to sue them. We got more to talk about. We're going to talk about North Korea when we get back after Fox News here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So into the uh, four o'clock hour we go. In the five o'clock hour, it's J.R. Davidson from uh, Davis, Davis. Pardon me, from the uh, governor's office. And uh, you'll get to hear what he had to talk about earlier today. Pretty good interview today, to be honest with you. He did uh, say that next Thursday, the governor himself will step forth into the hot uh, world of beer and hot wings. We'll have to, I was going to say, we'll have to, roll, we'll have to clean up a little bit in here a little bit, Dave. Man, he's going to cancel on you if you keep that up. No, just tell him we have cookies. Yeah, we got cookies, too. I got cookies and milk. Hot wings. But if you want hot wings, now I want hot and wings. You want Dave. A, a good uh, Dosecki Amber? We got that as well. We do. I'm just no. We I was going to say where that's against FCC regulations. Yes, not the hot wings. No, the but it would get the microphone the all yucky. The Dosecki. The it is. Is it the green or the lager? You know. Oh no no. You want the you want the dark. I want beer. the green. Oh no. Yes. No, I don't want no, the dark. I want the dark dark. No. Good. All right. With all that said. <laughs> um, I know Andy is sitting on the other end of the phone, ready to talk more about North Korea, and this, and he's talking. They're talking about Dasaki and Hot Wings. <laughs> you know what's going on, Andy? How are you? Great guys, how are you? I, I just hope you save me some cookies and hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm ready to talk about this issue about North Korea because, you know, all of a sudden they're playing nice. Okay, they're playing real nicey, nicey with South Korea and, and all the rest. I don't believe them for an instant. Do you? You know, I think you're you're right to be skeptical. Uh, we've been down this this road before. Um, you know, over the past 27 years, I think <laughs> they've offered at least twice to give up their nuclear weapons, and 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 haven't done so. But that said, it's so darn important to the to the region, and I think to the to the U.S.'s position around the world that that you know we ought to at least run it to ground, take it seriously, and hope for the best maybe the uh the you know the the little fella in uh in young yang rocket has, has man changed his change, rocket man has changed his tune uh, little think, fat kid you know, yeah right i think republican democrat all of us should should certainly be hoping for that outcome well you know i'm open to it i just don't believe it's ever going to happen i mean he's been playing this this nuclear game and about having you know having the bomb and He's been working on his missiles and he's been shipping them to other places in the world. 
You know, I got to believe that when there's smoke like that, there's some fire that goes along with it. And even if he says he's given up all of his nuclear ambitions, I don't believe it for an for an instant. I mean, we can't search all of North Korea. It's like a stall tactic. Right. Yeah, no, that, that, that the the most worrisome thing is, is that it's exactly that, that he's using it to buy time to develop uh, particularly the missile technology that would allow him to mm-hmm. uh, reach the U.S. But, um, you know, I think one thing is different that um, we haven't seen certainly in the past two administrations, and that's we didn't bribe him or pay him off or offer him, you know, aid to talk. Um, that's that's a difference. Um, so maybe pocket that and, and, you know, move forward smartly, but but hope for the best. All right. So, Andy, you were an advisor, a national security advisor to the Trump transition. And uh, so you keep your your finger pretty close to the pulse on all of this stuff. I I look at it and uh, is it and I think this is a, a selling point for the president. He went eye to eye with this guy and did not blink. And I think that Un went, oh, this guy's different than the other guys I've dealt with. He's crazier than me. Yeah, I mean, one thing that, that was for sure is we've tried one approach uh, across the past three, four administrations, and it, it always led to the same result. And so, um, you know, though, I don't like messing around with, um, you know, laughing about and joking about the use of nuclear weapons. But, yep. um, you know, a, a different approach, I think, was warranted. And, um, you know, I do think you've seen some some different results. Yeah. How about. You know, where do we stand with the new uh, administration, I won't say regime, the new administration in South Korea? Because they're a whole lot softer than the previous couple administrations have been about North Korea. Are are we to be worried about them a little bit? You know, I've traveled, uh, I've traveled to Seoul a couple of times and, and met with their military and intelligence officials. Um, it's it's hard, I think, for us to understand, but keep in mind, almost every single uh, citizen of South Korea grew up, you know, believe under the threat of imminent war with the North. So they sort of have that baked in. They don't they don't go in these, um, you know, sort of peaks and valleys like we might where he's, you know, obviously the acquisition of nuclear weapons is very concerning to us, the ability to reach, uh, you know, um, Hawaii and other uh, U.S. territories in the Pacific give us greater concern, but they've always, they kind of grew up under the thumb. And it's an interesting psychological situation where you go to South Korea and you talk to regular people about what they're worried about. And usually North Korea is three or four on their list. It's not number one, which is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, when I, you know, I grew up as a cold warrior, basically in this country, I, I remember as a kid doing the hit the deck, hit the deck, get under your under your uh, your desk, and it wasn't about uh, earthquakes, and it wasn't uh, about uh, yeah, duck and cover. It wasn't about tornadoes. It was about a nuclear exchange. I remember that as clear as day. Uh, I can I can understand, but I also understand when you look at uh, North Korea and what this family has done, who's been in control now what three or four generations uh they're not people that you can really readily put your trust in them yeah no certainly uh we all should be uh you know very skeptical no question um 
One thing that I do think is different there is keep in mind both North and South believe they're all sort of one people from one, you know, heritage, and they would all like to eventually, you know, be reunified, you know, as I think uh, we would support under a democratic regime. But of course, the, you know, the devil's in the details there. One, one side wants it their way, and the other, of course, wants, wants free and open, which the other is a huge threat to them, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, Un wants to keep power. There's no doubt about that. He doesn't want to give up power. And, uh, you know, he. do you think that China puts some pressure on him? Do you think maybe there's some, uh, you know, pressure that's been put on by them that perhaps we have not seen? Uh, so I do think uh, the president's efforts to sort of, you know, push China further than they've gone before have, yield, you know, bore some fruit. But um, you know, I was actually talking to Vice President Cheney about this six months ago or so, um, and he's come to the conclusion where I think I am, which is, you know, I'm not so sure China isn't perfectly happy having having this guy running around being a little nutty because it, it occupies a, a lot of the world's time. Mm -hmm. um, we're all focused on them, which means we're not focused on the Chinese. So. You know, you hear sort of the conventional wisdom is, well, it's in China's interest to not have a nuclear North Korea, too. I, I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. No, I agree. And I've said that for a long time. North Korea is like China's little mini-me. Or, the, right. or no, 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 not mini-me, but what was it? Dr. Evil. No. <laughs> the little, yeah, right. <laughs> well, what was, was his little mini-me? Mini -me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that ran yeah. around. Yeah. I just, I just well, don't know if he puts his, yeah. you know, <laughs> fing, little finger up or I whatever. I mean, they, they enjoy it. They sent, they're the ones that break the terror. They, they, the trade, you know, the. Um, well, you know why they support North Korea? Because they don't want us on their, right, their exactly. border. Well, they on told, China's border. Right. Like they told us that we, we, they would not accept us implementing a, a leader a new leader or a new government yeah. on north korea yeah right now i think yeah china's biggest fear is is you know regime stability and so i think that's right where if you had if you had a you know western allied democracy right on their border that makes them awfully nervous mm -hmm. okay so andy let me ask you if you were as incredulous as i was during the uh olympics when the sister shows up right and doing her thing, and the the Western press goes, isn't her smile so beautiful? Doesn't she carry herself so well? And evidently, they didn't read this lady's history. She's been in charge of concentration camps and stuff. She's probably killed hundreds of thousands of her own people, and they're talking about how nice she is. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny dichotomy where you turn on the TV and we have, you know, outrage after outrage of seemingly meaningless things. And then you have this sort of praise of, like you said, a regime that's got 20,000 people in labor camps. Um, you know, they do this god-awful thing where you, if you've committed a crime against the regime, not only are, are you imprisoned, you're two generations removed are imprisoned because, mm -hmm. heaven forbid, they might be, you know, have the same sort of use that that uh that you do so that was all very strange I, i'm with you guys I, I i didn't get that at all and pretty unfortunate and you, you saw some of it being called out but it was uh it was very curious indeed. it sure wasn't called out on nbc i'll tell you that much that's because they don't have a clue <laughs> that was crazy they don't have a yeah, clue. They don't. and and it's the olympics we're not supposed to talk about politics during the olympics <laughs> uh so anyway let's what do you think uh 
how do we prove or how do we how do we console ourselves that what Oon is doing is on the up and up? What should we be watching? Is there any is there any way for us to know? Should we approach this with the whole lot of a jaded eye about what he's doing? Yeah, I think we should. I mean, it's it's probably the the hardest uh, place for uh, the rest of the world to understand that's left on the planet. I mean, there's a if your listeners uh, are near a computer and if you Google the um, the aerial view at night of the Korean Peninsula, it kind of tells you everything you need to know. Where the South and this democratic sort of thriving democracy is lit up, um, just like the East Coast of the United States yep. would be, or any any major city in the U.S. And the North is literally it's completely dark. black. Yep. Um, so you know, I think it's it's it is hard for us to understand sometimes. I, I think. Um, we've gotten it wrong for sure. Multiple administrations in the past, um, you know, clearly they're trying to stay in power. He's obviously a highly paranoid guy who, blow, you know, blow, blows up his own uncle with anti-aircraft missiles if uh, he gets nervous. Um, and he happens to have some of the world's most dangerous weapons. So we, we need to worry about it. And there's a lot of it's not just who's on the Korean Peninsula, but he can reach our uh, troop station in Okinawa and um mm-hmm. Uh, you know, several other uh, areas Guam. of concern for the U.S. So, absolutely. You know, all, all those areas. So, uh, evidently, you've traveled to South Korea a lot. I've been over to South Korea a lot. It's been many years since I've been there. I was in the military uh, back in the, the late 70s, early 80s. One of my favorite places in the world, to be honest. I love South Korea. What's your favorite food from over there? Probably the the real bimibop was uh, kind of the real deal, you know. That's good stuff. They got great, great, great food. I don't know which I like the best, if I like South Korea or the Philippines. I like Filipino oh, yeah. food a lot. I mean, I, I really do. But uh, I'm a big kimchi. Well, talking, uh, ki- talking Kim Jong-un and nuclear weapons, I think we need something more than uh, bite to eat. We might need a drink to go along with that. I, you know what? <laughs> right. I, I'll agree with that. And you know what I like about what this president has done? He didn't offer the carrot right away. He showed the big old stick to him first. I do think that matters. I mean, a lot of times it's sort of the same way with, with Putin, in my view, where a bully really only understands a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried with, you know, with Kim Jong-un's father in the past to offer him, and we gave him all kinds of aid, and he just pocketed it and then broke every promise he ever made, and um, which just sort of perpetuated the regime allowed them time to develop weapons and uh, undermine our interests in the region. And we kind of watched it happen. So I'm, I'm all for a, a different approach. It's, you know, not, it's not always, uh, always perfect, but I, I think the, the country, uh, you know, our country is ready for, for something different. And that's what you're seeing. I, I agree. And by calling him rocket man, you hit him right in psyops, man. Yeah. Maybe that uh, makes him nervous or, you know, obviously he's got some, kind of self-confidence issues if you're uh, uh, blowing up your uncle with an anti-aircraft. Yeah, missile, no so. kidding. <laughs> I pre- play to that. Like, like I said, we tried it the conventional way in the past. It didn't work. So maybe the unconventional way will have a different, different Out, outcome. Outside the box. I'm all about it. Hey, Andy, thanks so much for giving us time today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We appreciate you. You got it. Appreciate all it, guys. Right. Have a good all one. Right. So North Korea. Do you believe them or don't you? I don't believe them. Well, I, I agree with what you say. I don't either. We'll talk about it when we come yep. back. But I believe that the guy is 
buy-in time. Yep. I really believe that. <laughs> we'll talk more about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, at the SEC basketball tourney, uh, Alabama and uh, Texas A&M tips it off this afternoon. Alabama coming out uh, as the victor, 71-70. to 70. And with about three minutes remaining in their game, University of Georgia leads uh, Missouri 59-57. Some great basketball. It would be great to be there watching the games today. Uh, 6 o'clock tonight, LSU takes on Mississippi State. Whoop, whoop. And then uh, <laughs> at 825, uh, all those Razorback fans will be tuned in. Uh, South Carolina will go up against Arkansas. South Carolina won last night, beating Mississippi, Ole Miss, 85-84. to and uh, Georgia beat Vanderbilt last night, seventy-eight to sixty-two. Um, Alabama being the winner. I was watching that game at lunchtime, and they were up by about five at half, I think, or six. Were you at you your know, usual spot? Oh yeah, because they got Why tons. Why you call me? They got tons, tons of big screens around. Yeah, I bet that's the why they got tons uh, of big. They do screens. They do. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I was watching the, yeah, they can see the smile on your face now, Dave. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. What can I say? <laughs> all right. Let me tell you about PEI Roofing. See, I got all my information here that Joel sent me. Just go over it with you. Uh, they are more than just a roofing company now. They'll fix your roof, and they're as good at that as they've always been. I had my roof done by PEI Roofing, I think it was nine years ago, maybe ten. And they did a fantastic job. And then I've used them a few times since. Uh, I've had some things happen with my roof. And then I had some things happen with the plumbing on my above ground pool. The thing on my roof was because the people from direct TV took before you could get, uh, you know, the, what is it? Uh, the high, the HD signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to have this thing that looked like a fly swatter on the top of your, your roof to pick up the local uh, broadcast and they like merged them so that you got a high definition view. Well, about two years later, you didn't need that. So they took it off, which I asked them to do because it was very unsightly. Uh, bottom line, they took it off, but they took the, the bolts out of it and they didn't fill the holes that the bolts left behind. So when it rained, the water had nothing to stop it. And so I'm looking up uh, at my in my bedroom, and the ceiling is starting to stain. And I called them over to, to check out what was the problem. They checked it out. They found out what it was. They filled up the holes, took care of putting another uh, shingle there. No more leaks. And uh, seriously, that should have been paid for by the wonderful people at DirecTV, but they did not pay it. So of course that's not. the way it always goes. But here's what direct, or not direct to you, but PI roofing's got going now. Typically, if you get water in your house, just like I was just talking about, you get other things that happen. Drywall gets screwed up. You know, stains in the ceiling start showing up. Uh, insulation gets destroyed. You might even start getting mold in between the 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 the, the walls and things of that nature. And to get that fixed, you normally have to talk to about two or three contractors that do each different thing. So uh, with uh, with that in mind, Joel hired the necessary people so that if you have those types of problems, 
after they've taken care of your roof. They will do all the interior painting. They'll do the drywall repair, exterior painting, carpentry work for that, insulation work, ventilation uh, work. They do all of that now. Uh, And uh, it's a one-stop shop because Joel Johnson wants to serve you completely. All you have to do is give them a call, 501-687-6246, or go online, piroofing.com, or just Google PI Roofing. PI Roofing and Home Solutions, now your roof leak uh, detector. All right, we got Fox News coming up. We'll come back. We'll have some time to talk a little bit more about Korea. If you have something you want to say about North Korea, you can get in and say your piece as well. 8230965. Five o'clock. Don't forget, it's J.R. Davis from the governor's office joining Val and I. And uh, we talked about uh, the Senate and the House passing Medicaid expansion. What was the big thing that helped people who have been against this all this time now go for it? Uh, we'll talk about hardening schools and all kinds of stuff. But right now, Fox News. Hey, I got to tell you something that's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, Safari Pets is going to be here. They'll answer all of your uh, animal questions. If, you know, you got some kind of exotic uh, pet, some of the, you know, birds from Africa and things, they can answer all your questions. Maybe you got a bearded lizard reptile or whatever they can answer all the questions for that uh anything else also answer just dog questions and cat questions as well too but uh john and jason will be here at five o'clock and uh on for the full hour of course they're from safari pets at 808 west main and cabot phone number there 501-628-0067 and they offer everything that you'll need for taking care of your pet or pets circle april 14th on your calendar because that is their big annual anniversary sale which means lots and lots and lots i read all the lots that they wrote down here (laughs) lots and lots and lots of sales and discounts safari pets again remember they're on tomorrow be really good to to get a chance uh, to talk uh, to them jason they always bring in some animals well look look so i was at a um uh, I got your six service dogs fundraiser yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was awesome. Great you have turnout. a lot of people show up. Yeah, and some really good stuff happened out of that as well. But one of the guys that I was talking to, he he his his daughter has one of those flying squirrels. Oh yeah, and he he actually was like the, a sugar glider. Yes, and I, it was funny because I, I was like, I want a sh- I want a service squirrel so I can like put it on my you know obviously. Pet it when I get mad. And yeah, angry. you got this little couch that yeah. it gets into and yeah. stays in the dark. And or I could get a black one and just it'd blend it. With yeah, my blame. Hair. My, right, I just with take it hair. on the plane with me and everything. But no. they will. They'll go. They'll fly from one side of the like living room to the other side. Well, he said he used to do their snakes at Safari Pets because I was like, that but they uh, got them there. And so, so yeah, or or you know when they needed to force feed them or something like that. But it was just cool. The the picture. The thing was just like on her his daughter's shoulder, just like. The little gliders. I was yeah. like, I want one of those. Oh, they're they're so cute. little. Yeah, and they're cute. They yeah. really are. If you want to see something that is, you know, different, but it's really cute, hedgehogs. Yeah. You ever seen the hedgehogs up close? Yeah, but. They're very cool. They got those. Yeah, but you got to be going backwards when you pet them. But Dave, to find you're talking I know, to me talking here. To you, I, I would go you. backwards. All right. So hedgehogs <laughs> are very cool. And so are chinchillas. Yeah. They are. Like but that super, little, that little super, 
So sugar glider, just like I, I really want one of those. Okay, I may just have me a new pet. I I haven't gotten it yet. I you know it's those things that you put things in order, and this is at kind of the bottom of the bucket list mm-hmm. list. But I want a saltwater aquarium. Yeah, because I love yeah saltwater fish. You have they're an emo beautiful. in there. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They fish. are. You know, they've tried to, I think, kind of, uh, you know, fool people into freshwater again because they got like the uh, neon tetras and stuff. But now they got guppies that they have changed their DNA and they glow. What? Yeah. That's cool. Glowing guppies. And you can get green and red and blue, all kinds of stuff. I used to have a freshwater aquarium that I had this just big school of uh neon tetras and that was cool because you turn the light over top of them feed them and they're all darting around and it's like lightning of color going on there it was really that would be cool little tiny fish little bitty things yeah they are then i got my i got my piranha now i didn't put it in there with i was gonna say that's so horrifying no wonder they were darting around (laughs) jesus i didn't put them in (laughs) they didn't put them in there with the neon tetras i had their own tank had to get they got big enough that I had to put a divider in the tank to keep them from each other. But I used to feed them mental. Will a, will, mental, will a mental. piranha eat another piranha? Yes, they will. They will attack each other. I didn't yeah. even think about that. They're very aggressive fish. I ended up giving my two to the shed aquarium in Chicago. They'd be dead now, right? But you know, I mean, when I had them and got rid of them, they were about the size of here. If you're looking at on on TV right now, about that big around. About a small, about a a bread dish, you know. They were big. They'd be, you know, floating around, and they come up and they look out the the front of the aquarium, and you could see their teeth hanging out over their lip. Oh, that just sounds. I loved them. They were great. At least you didn't dump them in the lake somewhere like some people do. No, no, or flush them. No, I didn't do that. I could make a great horror movie. Yeah, you know, like the the thing with the alligator. I'd never go swimming again. A lot of people that, you know, they grew, some of them grew up in the sewer systems, those caimans that people would buy and they would flush them down the toilet because they didn't want to deal with them anymore. Could you imagine that thing coming up and biting you on the rear? <laughs> I, I don't think they, like, they came back. Too? They didn't came back. Like well, that? yeah, but I mean, you know, <laughs> the caiman got bit. down there and they, they just would be eating the rats and stuff. Uh, and, well, I mean, that might work. Having a good time. That might work. Yeah. But there's a lot of old wives tales about you know, eight foot alligators in New York right. sewers and right. all that didn't really happen. God see was that. not happening. God so anyway, in the sewers. again, tomorrow, five o'clock safari pets. You'll want to miss them as far as that's concerned. Yeah, that's always fun. All right, let's go back. And let's talk a little bit more about uh, North Korea because just as soon as we finished, I got buzzed on my phone whenever there's breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Trump announced that South Korea is making some huge announcement at 6 o'clock Little Rock time about South Korea and dealing with North Korea. So we don't we don't know what's going to be, but uh, the president evidently thinks that uh, it's important. So Yeah, that was 12 minutes ago from uh, CNN. Okay, well, you know, fake news, you just never know. What can I say? Faux news. Your, it's now faux news. Your fake news headquarters. <laughs> that's kind of what they are they i mean yeah the communist news network yeah i've known them forever as the communist news network they, they just they don't have any shame whatsoever no they don't and they sit there and they'll lie and lie and lie oh yeah they've been doing it for 
the whole time that they You just existed. want to throw something at the TV, but then you'd break your TV. Yeah, that's true. I saw that, uh, I don't know, Trump signs the tariffs on steel and aluminum. Yep. Only Canada and Mexico are exempted. Uh, Trump saying that South Korea is to make a major statement on North Korea at 6 o'clock uh, our time. Uh, it says President Donald Trump says South Korea is going to make this major statement. Trump teased the announcement in his first visit to the White House press briefing room. It came after hours of consultations at the White House between U.S. and South Korean officials over recent inter-Korean talks. That dialogue in North uh, Korea concluded with an invitation to the U.S. to reopen direct talks with Pyongyang, saying it would suspend its nuclear tests during such talks. Oh, yeah. Trump has expressed openness to the invitation, saying, we'll see. Okay, so that that's what the president had to say. Uh, Eleven nations have signed the Pacific Trade Pact <coughs> as uh, Trump plans U.S. tariffs. Elon Musk goes on tweet storm, <laughs> siding with Trump over tariffs. Um, Senator Grassley, trade tariffs do not put America first. Low barriers, expanded access do. Pennsylvania steel workers thank Trump, saying these tariffs def- definitely have an impact. Now, let me just say, could it be that the president is doing some of this because he carried Pennsylvania in the last election, razor thin, razor thin, uh, thin uh, vote count. Uh, could he be doing this knowing that it helps him politically? I would think that's a a good possibility. It also, and we were talking about this uh, after Jr. was on, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about it as well. It can have positive and negative impacts. Look, Nucor probably will have a little bit of a negative impact here in Arkansas. Just something to keep in mind. So we'll find out. Uh, time will tell, as they like to say. I think it's easy, It's interesting that the president thinks that Canada and uh, Mexico evidently are not dumping, and they've been playing nice about NAFTA now. Of course. So with that in mind, well, you you know, it's the carrot in the stick. It's not Canada that concerns me. It's Mexico. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's all about carrot in a stick. Like with Carlos Slim, Hulu. Yeah. Who was making all that money off the phone, you know, the phone conglomerates because it was like a monopoly. Did you hear the gentleman on the Bible Guys Tuesday? Mm-mm. He's been a missionary down in Central uh, America for years he said that the cartels have branched out that's what they do Mm -hmm. and they bought up other businesses Mm -hmm. they control the avocado productions down i don't eat avocados anymore so Uh, i do i like it i like guacamole all right so So when you buy one you are just know that you're helping helping the the cartels or somebody yeah yeah that's wonderful help them kill people they 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 own them all. That's nice. The way it goes. All right, we've got to get a break in. And we'll come back and finish up this hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Hortons, prosthetics, orthotics. You know, I, I'm going to have them on at 5 o'clock on uh, Monday. They're going to come on and talk about some different things. 
And it's important that you hear what they do because as a family business, they do a lot of good things for people here in central Arkansas. Now they're branching out. They just opened a brand new office over in Conway. So you can go and see, uh, Horton's there. They got Bryant, they got Searcy. I think they got Fort Smith. And I think there's several other areas now that they're located. Their main office is right here in Little Rock, 5220 West 12th street, uh, in Little Rock. Uh, when you're talking about prosthetics, if you're talking about artificial limbs, things of that nature, it's Medicare, uh, that's going to ask you which, uh, business that you want to go to you want to always tell them you want to go to horton's and then they'll send you there uh if you're a woman and you need a a prosthetic because you've had breast surgery uh the folks at horton's can help you there as well they got a whole division that can help you there their number is 501-663-2908 again they're located here in central arkansas in little rock 5220 west 12th street in the great rock city All right, so an icon is leaving in the world of automobiles. Volkswagen is exterminating the Beetle. It should. The automaker's head of research and development, Frank Welsh, has confirmed that the brand's iconic compact car will not be replaced when the current model ends production. The executive broke the news to Auto Car at the Geneva Motor Show telling the publication that two or three generations is enough now. Now, that's the new Beetle. I mean, there's more than two or three generations before they brought it back. But they're all plastic. Yeah. Welsh said that the Beetle was made with history in mind, but you can't do it five times and have a new, new, new Beetle. (laughs) The new Beetle in Atlanta, they got a picture of the newest one, and looks like the old one. Uh, Instead, VW's lineup's heritage slot will be filled by an upcoming electro electric microbus, which blends retro styling with high-tech battery-powered drivetrain that promises long, strange 300-mile trips. What a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> uh, between charges when it goes on sale in 2021. He didn't say when the Beetle is kicking the bucket, but it's been on sale since 2012 so it should be nearing the end of its lifestyle or not the new beetle that preceded it was sold between 97 and 2011 while the original which i was talking to you about was the real metal one was in production for over six decades because it was steel though well you know you know who made it the nazis right all right it was the car that hitler blessed because it got he got, he got a lot of mileage, and it was the, one of the first cars that was out there on the Make it autobahn. Three, four hundred thousand miles, and yeah, and you're golden. You know, it was, it was a superior car, especially not the, anymore. Especially the white version. You shut the door on the, the white one. You didn't one. get my joke. <laughs> I do, Come I on. do. The white version. Yeah, but no, look, but especially when you shut the Hitler door, it's did like it. it's like clink, like it's not even like it's not even safe. Yeah, to ride in, I don't think. So anyway, interesting that as you watch things kind of just disappear. You know, I was thinking and talking to somebody uh, today, and they had a problem with their uh, their smartphone. Some, they did something, and all their contacts disappeared. And they went over to uh, AT&T, and uh, 
took it to one of the geek guys and he got all their stuff back in like five minutes. Yeah. It's Just on the cloud. Boom. So anyway, if you put it there, load it up and, uh, I was just thinking about it. Hasn't it been just about seven years since the smartphone has come? I mean, it has not been a long time. Now, I'm not talking about cell phones. You know, I'm not talking about flip phones. Or I anything. had a trio. I'm talking, back of, in... you know, I'm talking about smartphones. Well, a trio was a smartphone. You know, I mean, it had a computer in it. Yeah, it did. It okay. was the it was the, the first one. It was the little uh, Palm trio. Okay. And it was, I got that in 06, 05 or 05. I okay. So we're talking 13 years. Yeah. Think about how much has changed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's in nothing, 13 years. I mean. It's nothing like that. Yeah. If there's one thing you make sure if you're going somewhere in your car that you have with you is your phone. Or your charger. Well, yeah. And your charger. But I mean, definitely you're going to make sure you get your phone. Oh yeah. And when you lose it, it's like. <gasps> That's what I'm just saying. Panic Everybody, mode because yeah, you're like, your oh, life, everything is in there. Your life yep. is on your phone now. Yep. yep. I put I, mine on the roof next? of the car once. And what, are they gonna, the... what are they going to do next? I don't know. There's going to have. I, I there's got to even... be. A, there's got to be a next. I mean, I got to. Now I have Apple Watch. I don't have it on today. I don't have that. But yeah, you can just like ding and talk. It's like Inspector Gadget. It's cool. Okay. But I don't use it. It's one of those, it's a novelty to That's me. That's what I'm saying. I, I, you know, I can get along with my phone for most of that yeah. stuff. Well, the good thing about it is, is, you know, women, we keep our phones in our purse. So the watch, part of the message will come across and you can see who it's from and okay. who your email is from. And so well, if you need to you check it. You can make it, it talk to you, can't you? Can, you? Yeah. You can go like, you know, I just, I just glance at it and see. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, it, it, it tells me to breathe when I can, get, when you, I get all, yeah, it's like, you, it's, it'll send have, me a text breathe does it really yes it does (laughs) it knows when i'm about to go off does it let you pick what kind of voice you have i bet you got one of those really hot australian guys talking. i know but my friend yesterday she has one of those hot australian guys talking and i was like i'm changing mine i am sick of siri i'm sick of her i can't stand her voice (laughs) (laughs) you just scared the crap out of me I'm just saying, you know, I, I know my uh, my son-in-law on his um, maps thing that he has hooked Australian. on his windshield. No, no, he, he's got Bart uh, Simpson. Bart Simpson? Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, hey, man, funny. turn here. Yeah, that's right. That's what it does. <laughs> Pretty, it's Bart and it's... Uh, I'd like to do Family Guy. That'd and, be funny. And, and they're his dad. All right, because he'll say, he made Palmer. a wrong... Yeah, you made a wrong turn. Yeah, Homer. Yeah, yeah Homer. Simpson. Yeah, yeah I would like to do Family them. Guy. That would be fun. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, they got all kinds of voices out there for you that you can and pick up. I would like to have way to make money. I will kill you unless you turn here now. That'd <laughs> 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 be Stewie. The brain. That's what you need. Yeah. You need the brain. From from Franken or from uh, Young Frankenstein. Pinky in the brain. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about from Young Frankenstein. No, no. No, that's an Abby Normal. Abby Normal. Stop, Brain. What are we going to do tonight? <laughs> Same thing we do every Friday yeah. night. Pinky, try to take over the world. Yeah. And turn right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That'd be great. I'd love to have that. That's one of, my, awesome. one of my favorite, favorite cartoons. Yeah, definitely tech is going. It's like there's so many things you can like Alexa now. And yeah. I was watching this thing. I though. don't have that yet. Of all things that I don't have is Alexa I and bought, I want it. No, no. I bought an, an, an Alexa when I was in Baton Rouge for my yeah. boyfriend and it 
We never used it. Like, we never used it. It, like, was sat there. I think I used it to play music. I was like, Alexa, music. And that's it. We never used it for anything else. Well, I would At hook $200, my, I hook my TV up to it and everything. We never used Alexa? it. Alexa? And we're, we were taking X-Files. well and that's the way i use mine too i mean have you heard the latest that she's talking to people and telling them isn't it time to go to sleep now no 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 the worst one russ is that she's saying um i'm going no if you ask if you ask them the definition of god and i thought this was crazy she'll say an imaginary person that blah blah you ask it muhammad It'll say, Mohammed was a great blah, 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 blah. And it, yes. You've tried this? No, I haven't. Try I this. have my I have. anymore. Does it do that? What's it do, I, Russ? I can't remember exactly what it says, but it, it, it doesn't say anything about imaginary. It says, I can't verify that, something to that effect. But Mohammed. Yeah, now I did give you a full definition of Mohammed. Yeah. Okay, do me a favor. Take home the recorder and record that. So we can play it on the air. Yeah, I thought I was like, okay. what? All right. I Actually, I can't it. play it on the air, Dave. I'm sorry. Why is that? Because you can't God play in. Alexa's voice on the air. Oh, we can't play her. Can we put it in a voice changer? What? I can't record her and play her on the air. Is she that copyrighted? Yes, sir. She it's is. Like a, it's like having. We can a, get a voice changer. It's like. Though. It's like I gotta say the big game. I can't say the bowl. Puke bowl, the puke bowl. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, because you can't use, you can't say that. You know that. I know. Well, that. there was always the uh, between between the uh, oh uh, the Zetas and the ATOs up at ASU was the toilet bowl. Yeah, well, that <laughs> that works. The Zetas. We're out of, I remember that house. I, I got to get out of here. Bring back uh, Jr. Davis. He's going to be with you in the last hour. You won't want to miss this interview. And remember, the governor next Thursday live in studio. You can call him at 823-0965 when he is here answering your questions. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.